It's as if we've wandered the desert. Travelers without a home. Together yet alone in this uncertainty. An uncommon time, unexpected, undefined, binds us, unites us, does not divide us, but reminds us of who we are. A body, not a building, unrelenting, unyielding, persevering, revealing the faithfulness of God. Maybe this virus has started a fire inside us, ignited us, inspired us to live louder, love harder, care deeper. Six feet, six miles, or a world apart. Our calling remains the same. For we are the body of Christ. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. I can hear somebody say amen. You guys can say amen. I got it. I got it. What about you? Can you say amen, please? Come on, right here. Amen. Amen. All right. Amen. Right here. Right. Amen. Praise the Lord. What about you? Amen. Come on. Can I get an amen? Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, it's been an eventful morning. If you've been with us since the beginning, all right, you'll recognize it has been eventful, trying to work out the video stuff and the components of switching back and forth to stuff, all right? Brother Mike coming behind the glass, tapping on the glass, telling everybody, shut up, because we can hear you online right now. All that fun stuff, man. And it was pretty awesome. If you missed it, go back and watch it from the beginning. You can see how you're going to see a bunch of ordinary people trying to do an extraordinary work, amen? A bunch of ordinary people trying to do an extraordinary work. And uh, why are we doing it? Like, because, man, you know what? I'm going to tell you something, man, and you, you probably already know this, is that things aren't ever really going to be the same. You know, just from, from this point, man, they're just not going to be the same. You know, and, and, and uh, you know, a lot of us are saying, man, we just want to get things back to the way that they used to, all right? But they're not going to get back to the way they used to. And I got to ask you a question. Should they? Should things go back to the way they used to be, man? And I don't know that they should because here's what I know, man, that, that, that they will never be the way that they used to be because we've never been through what we're going through right now. So, so, so to, to hope that things will get back to quote-unquote normal or the way they used to be, no, man, no, it ain't going to happen. But the time right now, this time right now, what it requires right now, it requires you and me, it requires us, all right, to engage. Every one of us, it calls for us to engage, to really get engaged into what's taking place right now. All right, I love what Eric Hoffer says right here. Uh, he's a philosophizer, all right? Eric Hoffer, all right, is a philosophizer. Anyways, he said this, in times of, pro I'll put the quote up here. Check this out with me, all right? In times of profound change, you following along? Where am I at? Am I, am I right here, right here? I got 15 million, like, what, what's up, all right? And so um, I got to find out who to talk to, right here? All right, I'm going to talk to you. Okay, here we go, man. Check this out. So it's right here on the screen. Are you with me? Come on, check this out. It says this, in times of profound change, the learners inherit the earth, while the learned find themselves beautifully equipped to deal with a world that no longer exists. 
Is that crazy? Think about that, man. The ones who are engaging with culture, the learners, the ones who pay attention to the frontiers of their own ignorance. That's what Sam Harris says, all right? The ones who pay attention to the things that they don't know so they can enter into the unknown. Amen? It requires ordinary people to get involved. Ordinary people, just like you, just like me, to get involved in this. And you see, that's the way the whole thing started. It all started with exactly that. But here's the thing I know, man. One thing I do know, man, is that we need to continually, all right, pay attention, not to who we've been, but to, but to who we're becoming. In Christ, with Christ, because of Christ, to who we're becoming. You see, the closer I get to Jesus, the more that I recognize, all right, the more I recognize I need to learn, I need to learn all right, much more about who I'm becoming. I need to learn who I am in Jesus. I need to learn who I am with Jesus. I need to learn who I am because of Jesus. And so what we're doing, what we're doing, we're, we're starting, man. We're starting, you need to engage. And, and you know what? You need to start inviting people to this, man, because this is, cool. this is crazy. We're starting a new series. You're like, in the middle of all this, we're gonna start a series. Yeah, we're gonna, go, we're, gonna, we're gonna start a new series called Faith for Exiles. Faith for Exiles, all right? And you're gonna see how this fits right now. All right, it's pretty cool, man. And I've told you before that Christian exiles, all right, we're the culture creators, Christian exiles are the culture creators, man. We're the ones who create culture, all right? We don't contend. We don't uh, condemn. We don't create subcultures. No, man, we create cultures within the culture. What are cultures? Cultures are the way that people think. They're the way that people speak. They're the way that people act. They're the way that people behave, all right, in a given community. And so what we're going to do, man, is is we're going to focus and take a look at what it means to be these exiles, these Christian men and women of God, exiles. Exiles are the ones that, 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 that know that, we know that our time right here is temporary. We know that, um, that, we're, that, this, is, that, that, that this, is, this is not our, this is not our forever right here. But even though we know this, we also know, we also know this, man, that, 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 that you know what, because, because we know this, we're still going to focus on living a life right here, right now, that glorifies Jesus Christ, as well as not just focusing on our lives, but getting out there and focusing all right, on the lives of the people who don't know that they can know Christ and make it easier for them to know Jesus. Is it hot in your house? Because it's totally hot in this house right now, all right? That's why I brought one of these. Ah, all right, praise the Lord. All right, so exiles, man, we recognize, all right, that, that, you know, that, 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 that there are people out there that got problems with the church. We recognize that there are, that there are people out there, all right, that, that uh, the church has left the bad smell in their life. We also recognize that the church is good, all right, that, there are, that the church is good, that it is God's agent, all right, for creating change in the world. We know these things, all right? And so exiles know that, that on one side, we know that we have this amazing thing that God left us with, the church, all right, this people group that we are to be, this salt of the earth, this light of the world. And we also know that there are people over here that want nothing to do with that. They don't care. They don't mind talking about Jesus once in a while, but they want nothing to do with this because you guys have left a really bad smell on the planet and you haven't been very salty or maybe a little too salty, <laughs> all right? And, then, and, and, and so the exiles, the Christian exiles, knowing the church is good, knowing that Jesus died for these people, bridge the gap. We bridge the gap. 
between the people of Jesus and the people who don't know that they can know Jesus. Did you hear that? We bridge the gap between the people of Jesus and the people who don't know that they can know Jesus. And right now you're thinking, well, isn't that the job? Isn't that a job for the professionals, right? The professional Christians. And if that's what you want to call yourself, that's fine. Call yourself a professional Christian because this is your job. Because if you know Jesus, if you know Jesus, then you got to know that your job is to make Jesus known. Amen. If you know Christ, it's your job to make him known. So over the next couple of months, man, here's what we're going to do. Over the next couple of months, man, we're going to look at a letter, all right, of an exile, from an exile, and the life of probably the most popular exile that ever lived, all right, and um, the Apostle Peter. So we're going to take a letter, we're going to take a look at a letter that Peter wrote and like, take a look at the life that Peter led, that lived, that led up to this letter that he wrote. So it's pretty cool, man. But, but in all of this, I want you to ask yourself this question. I think Pastor Ron might have asked this question earlier with Marilyn when they were talking earlier. And he said this, he says, if, if Jesus would use, the question is this, if Jesus would, well, I would, I want you to challenge, what I really want you to challenge right now, all right, is, is if Jesus would use someone, a regular person like Peter, to change the world, to bridge the gap, then why wouldn't he use me and you? Why wouldn't he use you? Why wouldn't he use me? Why wouldn't he use us? Because well, I want you to discover through this series, I want you to discover, man, that we're really not that different. And I'm gonna hopefully open that up for you right here and right now, that we are not that different. All right? I just want you to take a look at this. So, 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 so take, take, take a moment with me. And just, I was asking you, I know things may be going crazy in your household right now, all right? But I'm gonna say a really quick, short prayer, and I'm just gonna ask you to try to agree with me in this prayer, okay? Um, and so, Father, we just give you the praise. We just give you the honor, and we just give you the glory, Lord God. And let's pray, Father, that you can help us recognize what you're doing right now, Lord God, in us and what you want to do through us. And we're praying this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. I'm going to put some scripture up there for y'all. All right. I'm going to put some scripture up there for y'all. And, uh, but, but if you have a Bible, it's always good to, go, to open it up or an app because sometimes you want to maybe highlight or underline, you know, a word. Um, we're going to be in two places in, in the scriptures today. We're going to be in 1 Peter. Obviously, we're going to take a look at the letter. Remember, a letter from Peter. We're going to take a look at 1 Peter chapter 1, and we're going to go all the way through verse 1. All right? It's going to be some major traction. But then we're also going to take a look at the life of Peter, right? And we're going to take a look in um, and, and Luke chapter 5, verse 1 through 11, and just kind of see that one of the, one of the first times that, G, that Jesus, you know, uh, comes up to Peter and challenges him pretty greatly, the same way he was going to challenge us. And so 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1 goes like this. Peter. All right, let's stop right there. <laughs> If you look at it, it says right here, Peter. Or I'll just read the verse and we'll come back to that word, to that name, Peter. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. To those who are elect exiles, and words are going to fly all over the place, um, exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, uh, lost my place, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. 
really cool names for some cool towns, right? Kind of want to hang out in Pontus. I wouldn't mind kicking it in Bithynia. It just seems like I'd see some really cool things there. But anyways, he says, Peter, he kind of announces himself. Peter was no stranger to the early church. He's no stranger to this church. He's probably no stranger to you. Most people have heard of the apostle Peter. If you were to name the apostles, he'd probably be one of the first ones you, you would name, Peter or John. All right, and so, um, and there's a reason for that because, you know, Jesus, um, you know, in, in the scriptures, uh, next to Jesus, his name is mentioned more than any other disciple. All right, Jesus uh, uh, speaks to him more than he speaks to any other disciple. Peter himself speaks in the gospels more than any other disciple. So it's quite natural that you might recognize who Peter is. And then maybe you're wondering, okay, you know, that, that's huge, but how am I like Peter? How are, how are we like Peter? What characteristics, what kind of lifestyles, uh, uh, you know, areas in our, where, you know, in our life, attributes, what, what, what do we share with Peter? Let me just kind of share with you a couple of things. Jesus rebuked Peter, uh, you know, more than any other disciple just as well. He had to correct Peter more than any other disciple. He had to challenge Peter more than any other disciple, all right? And, um, and he had to, to teach Peter more than any other disciple. Does that does that sound like you at all? That sounds a lot like me, anyways, all right? And do you know that Peter was the only disciple that tried to correct Jesus? <laughs> I know, always laughing, right, right? You guys got to tell me where to look, man. Am I right here? I want to talk to you, because I want to talk face-to-face to somebody, all right? Okay, good. I want to talk to you. Stay right here with me, all right? Check this out. Here's what I know. All right, I've tried to correct Jesus. Have you ever tried to correct Jesus? You ever tell, try to tell Jesus, I don't think this is a good idea, Jesus. I don't know that this is right, Jesus. I don't know if this is something I should do. I don't know if I can, all right? Jesus, or Peter was the one who tried to, tried to, tried to he dared to, 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 to correct Jesus. But here's what I also know. Within that, Jesus, Peter was the one to, to more boldly and more accurately confess Jesus as Lord. You ever find yourself doing that? Just, just like, just totally lifting up Christ, just totally, you know, yeah, you know he's God, you know he's Lord, and just speaking it out, maybe even just to yourself, maybe even while you're going on a walk, maybe while you're praying in your house. See, Peter's not much different than us. We're not much different than Peter. But here's another thing. Peter also denied Jesus more forcibly and more publicly than any other disciple. At the same, that's crazy, man. He's, 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 he's accurately confessing his Lord. And then saying, I just don't know the guy because everybody's watching. Have you ever done that? Have you ever had an opportunity to live out loud for Jesus and decided to just turn the volume down and just kind of just, just say, you know, I don't know that I can go there right now? Have you ever found yourself, maybe not, maybe not you know, publicly rebuking or just or not denying Jesus, but maybe publicly living a lifestyle or doing things in your life that would maybe make those people over here that don't know the church, don't have anything to do with the church, recognize it, say, well, if that's what the church looks like, if that's what confessing Jesus looks like, then I must already be, I'm fine. Jesus praised Peter more than any other disciple. He gave him props more than he gave any other disciple. I don't know if you knew that. Do you ever feel like God has given you props? Do you ever read through the scriptures and feel like, I'm totally doing that? You know what I mean? And you feel like at that moment, God is really, really just giving you props, man. I do. But here's what's crazy. <laughs> Peter's the only disciple that Jesus said, hey, man, you're acting like Satan right now. 
That's crazy. Hopefully that's not something you can identify with. Um, there's probably, you know, shaming, you know, shamefully, there's times in my life that I've definitely been that person. And here's where it gets even crazier. All that stuff, all that up and down life, all right? And yet Peter still was the only guy to get out of the boat and walk on water with Jesus. I've tried that. Has anybody here ever tried to walk on water? I've tried it. I've, I'm going to try it again. You know, we're going to, I don't know if that's what Jesus has planned for me, but I'm going to try it again. And you should try it, everyone. But make sure you can swim first. Okay, anyways. All right. <clears throat> so, um, so he says, so he says this, man, this is, this is who we're talking about. And I just want to challenge you and recognize that, that we're really not that much different from Peter. Peter says this, it says here in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. An apostle is someone who has been with and is sent by the person. All right, did you get that? Someone who's been with and is sent by the person. All right, so an apostle of Jesus Christ is saying at this moment in time, he's speaking of the resurrected Jesus. All right, you remember that Jesus, all right, because he's talking to a culture, he's talking to a people and during a time, he's talking to a context where the local newspaper was still reading, hey, this guy rose from the dead, this Jesus guy, we saw him, man, we, 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 we knew him, we touched him, he was a real person, he was real life dude, all right, and he really got beat down and he really got stabbed and he really got got thrown and nailed to a cross, stabbed in the side, all right? He really, really did stop breathing. He really, really, really was dead. And he really was buried. And then, dude, he really, really got up. And Peter's like, I really, really saw him and spoke with him, hung out, chilled, and was sent by him. And you're like, how do we identify with that? How in the world do I identify with that, man? Have you given your life to Christ? Have you given your life to Christ? Have you recognized that Jesus Christ, he died? He lived and died, was buried and rose again. Do you believe that? Have you ever just spoken to Christ and recognized that, you know what? You're not alone in the room. You're not just talking to the walls or to the ceiling. These prayers are actually making it out of the room. Have you ever heard the voice of God? Okay, through the scriptures maybe, or through another person, another Christian, just confirm the where you felt God was leading your life. Have you ever been compelled to let somebody know how much Jesus loves them? We're not that different. We're not that different, man. That's what I'm trying to tell you. We're not that different, man. And so he says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who are elect exiles. Now he's saying, okay, this is coming from me, and now it's going to you, who are the elect exiles. And you're like, what the heck is an elect exile? Elect, what does it mean to elect? It means to be choose, it means to choose, right? To pick. All right, to, to, and we've, I just shared with you what the exiles were, right? We know that our stay here is temporary. We know that our home is in heaven, but yet while we're here, we're still gonna glorify God through our life and we're gonna make it easier for others to know Jesus. We're gonna bridge the gap. All right, we're not just gonna talk about church, go to church, we're gonna be the church, amen? amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. 
Well, what is this elect exile? I don't know if I'm elect. I don't know. Have I been elected by God? All right. It says, it says to those who are elect exiles. And this is, literally means chosen. Jesus said himself in, in, in uh, John 6, 44, he says, he says, no one can come to me unless the father chooses him to come to me. No one can come to me unless the father uh, brings him to me. So, so if you are appealing, have a life that is leaning in and appealing to Christ, if Jesus, all right, is, 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 you know, is, is attractive to you, all right, it is not because um, you have chosen him. It is because God the Father is leading you to Jesus himself. Jesus actually said this in John chapter 15, verse 16, I think it is. <laughs> Sometimes you got to smack around those, those files in there. All right. John chapter 15, verse 16, Jesus says, he says, you didn't choose me. He said, you didn't choose me. He says, I, I chose you and I appointed you. Not only did I pick you, but I, but I, but I, but I appointed, I got something. I got someone for you to be and something for you to do. You understand? And I think that's amazing. And in Matthew uh, chapter one, verse 27, I believe it is, um, you know, he, he, he flips the script. You know, because God leads you to Jesus, but Jesus reveals God to you. And it's just crazy. And if you're appealing a life towards God, if you're appealing a life towards Christ, recognize you have been chosen. I know you got a lot of questions about that. Well, what about so-and-so? What about so-and-so? Well, this is the life we're to live. So maybe so-and-so can recognize or so-and-so over here can recognize that Jesus loves them. Amen? Come on, man. It all comes around. He says, to those who are the elect exiles of the dispersion. Here goes the words, right? Flying all over the place. All right. To those who are the elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus Pilate, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. He's basically saying, first of all, two things he's saying right here. Um, he uses this word dispersion that you see, you're, you, if you're a Bible person, if you're a Bible reading person, Old Testament person, you may have read about this when, um, when they refer to um, Israel being taken captive to, Babylon, to Babylonia. This is years before this, right? He's not talking about that, but he's using the same word as saying, look, at just as, as, as the Jews, all right, were dispersed into foreign countries and foreign lands and having to learn foreign things, all right? He says, he's, he's referring to the church. You too have been scattered. He names several towns for two reasons. Number one, to let you know, look, yeah, you've been scattered all over the place to Pine Top, to Lakeside, to Phoenix, to LA, all right, to places in Texas, and some of you in New Jersey, and some of you are tuning in from Fresno, California, all right? And so all these different, we're, 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 just, we're, just, we're just scattered around for the glory of God, dispersed. He's, he's talking to you, man. He's talking to me. He's talking to us who've been chosen by God. And then he, he names all these other churches, man, because he also wants us to know that this is a letter for the church, not just one particular church, but the church, the churches. All right, so he's talking to you, the culture creator. All this is coming, is, is addressed to us. And now and we look at a letter like this and we're like, dang, man, Peter's just that guy, and we do that. We always look for that guy, that woman, all right, to, to, to glorify, to lift up, and like, man, that person is just all that. And Peter's be the first to tell you, no, I'm not. 
I'm a, I have a regular beginning just like you. And he shares it with us, man. If you take a look in, 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 in Luke chapter five, 5, verse 1, all right? We're going to go through chapter 5, verse 1 through 11, right? So here we're switching gears. We're, we, we just took a look at the letter of, from Peter, and then now we're going to take a little bit of a look of the life of Peter, and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna recognize that we're not that different. And our mission is not that different either. Praise the Lord. And the, as we read through these scriptures, I want you to ask this question. I have another question for you. I didn't put it up on the screen, but, but I just wanted you to check out this question. When, where were you when, you when you first started to recognize who Jesus really is? Do you remember when you first started? I'm not talking about when you first, you know, people were telling you about Jesus and you sang the songs here and there and da 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 Where were you when you first started to recognize who he really is to you? That recognition that started to change your life that recognition that started to challenge your life, that recognition that said, you know what, from this point, I'm gonna have to go with him or I'm gonna have to walk away. Do you remember where you were? Peter, we have this instance, Luke gives the instance actually of Peter, and I'm sure Peter never forgot this. Here, here's, here's the instance. This is a cool story in Luke chapter five, verse one. Jesus is on the scene, right? He's doing his thing, man. He's hanging out and he's teaching. And, and, and because of the way Jesus speaks, man, people just started to gather around and they just started to just, there were just more and more people just wanted to hear him speak. And this is a time when we didn't have video cameras. We didn't have microphones. We didn't have, you know, they, they, they weren't, they weren't, they didn't meet in a place like this. All right. But, 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 but they were, but they were out just cruising on the scene. And here you go, Luke chapter one, verse five. This is on one occasion because this happened multiple times. This was something that happened a lot. He says, on one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him, all right, to hear the word of God from, this is what's even crazier, to hear the word of God from God himself. What, I mean, <laughs> the crowd, obviously, we, we, let's press in on this dude, all right? While the crowd uh, was pressing in on him, to, you know, there, there, there was just, you can imagine what that means. It's just, there's this little room to talk, all right, of the word of God. He was standing by a lake. And it was almost, and it was like, and it was like, 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 like there's this lake right behind him. There's all these people pressing around. He's trying to share the word of God. And look at what happens. He saw two boats on the side of the lake, but the fishermen have gone out of them and were washing their nets. These were dudes. These were professional fishermen. This is their trade. This is what they did. How do I know that? Man, well, number one, they're called fishermen. But number two, they're, they're cleaning their nets, which, you know, real tradesmen, man, they take care of the tools. Because your tools, man, that, that's, 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 that's your life, man. That, you know, without your tools, you can't do your job. And so these fishermen, man, they're on the side of the lake, all right? Their boats are pulled up on the, on the shore, all right? And they're just kind of cleaning their legs. They probably saw this crowd coming. They're like, what the heck? And, then, you know, and, and at this time, these particular fishermen, they already knew who Jesus was. They've already had an encounter with him before this. They've already had family members that have that, that got to know to know them. You, you can find this out in um, in John chapter one, uh, I believe it's chapter one. Yeah, I believe chapter one. You can find some of this stuff out. And so they're they're chilling right there, and they're saying, "Oh yeah, here comes that here comes that Jesus dude, man. Yeah, I heard he's pretty cool." And they're cleaning their nets, and they're just getting done, and this whole crowd's coming with them, and Jesus all of a sudden just comes up right where they're at, right? And look what he says. He gets into one of their boats. 
Because I don't know, man, about you, man, but when I'm off work, I'm off work. You know what I mean? When I was a mechanic, right, and I was a field mechanic, I came home, I, you know, every, every, after every job, I clean my tools. At the end of the day, I make sure all my tools are put away, all my parts are where they need to be in my service truck, all right? And uh, everything was ready for the next day, and I was done. I wanted to go home. I wanted to take a shower, all right? I wanted to get some food, all right? And this is exactly, you ever been there? You ever been there? You know, you're just off work, man, and all of a sudden something happens and you got to stay. It's like, and this is actually something that's kind of cool. These guys are off work, man. I don't know about you, but I think this is hilarious, man, because Jesus just gets in their boat and tells them, come on, like, get in here. And I, you know, I got, and I can imagine one of them was Peter. And I imagine, it doesn't say so, but I, I think I can actually even uh, uh, guess that, you know, I think what it'll tell us here, that I believe that his brother Andrew was in there with him, and I believe that his, bro- his partners, James and John, who were also fishermen, got in their boat and were just kind of just hanging in the water as well. Why not, man? You got the teacher, man, out there in the water now, just chilling, all right? And now you got the crowd, and what did Jesus do? He made a microphone. You ever been on a lake and you can hear people talking on the other side of the lake and it sounds like they're right next to you? Jesus knew all this stuff. He gets on the lake, he makes a microphone and he starts talking to the crowds. All right, well, that's all fine and good, but I'm still thinking, what is Peter going through? What is he thinking right now? He's got a front row seat, man, to the creator of time and space, yet he doesn't quite know that yet. He just knows he's a really good teacher. He's got a front row seat, but is he over there thinking, you know what, man, when is this guy going to be done? How many of you are thinking that right now? Come on, let's be honest. All right. You're looking at me and you're going, okay, man, when's this guy going to be done? All right. Uh, uh, um, two and a half hours. Okay. So hold on. All right. We're good. All right. And so he's sitting there, man. And, and then, and he gets in one of the boats, which is Simon. He asked him to put out. He sat down and he taught from the boat. Look at verse four. And when he had finished speaking, who knows? I would have loved to know what he was teaching, right? But when he was done teaching, he tells Simon, who was also known as Peter, had a lot of AKAs back then, all right? He tells him, put it out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And he tells him this in front of everybody. And Peter's just like, man, I just cleaned these things. I'm done. I'm off work, man. I'm ready to go home, dude. And like, but then he's looking at the crowds because what do you think the crowd's doing? Like, yeah, well, do it, right? You got a whole crowd of people. He just taught, all right, do it. And look what, you know, Peter goes, man, he, he, he tries to put Jesus in check, all right? He does, man. How many of you have done this before? And he says, look it, man. He says, master, you know, he kind of calls him a little bit of a term of respect. Not quite God, not quite, you know, you're the one. But like, dude, man, you know, teacher, we've been at it all night. And we took nothing. I'm a fisherman. You're a preacher. You preach. I'll fish. Are you done? Can we get back to shore? All right? Can we be done with this? But then you know what? Maybe he's looking at the crowd because they're like, do it. <laughs> and he's like, you guys want to clean the nets again. You guys weren't here all night long. I'm tired, man. I want to go home, take a shower, eat some food, take a nap, rest. All that probably going through a regular guy's mind. It would probably going through your mind. 
that would definitely, I know, be going through mine if I'm going to be totally honest. But he said, you know what? And I love the way he puts this. Look at the verse again. He says, but at your word. In other words, when this fails, remember, you're the one who said to do it. Right? When this doesn't work, because you said so, I did it. So maybe think about that when I got to clean my nets out again and I need some help. Right? Think about that. Jesus, just saying. Some of you guys are going, man, you're just getting a little bit too, no, 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 I'm just talking, I'm just talking real talk, you know, but, but like how I would feel, maybe how some of you would feel. Because you remember at this point, Peter doesn't have this relationship with Christ yet that he has later on. He's barely getting to know this dude. And this guy, man, he just seems to just bark a lot of orders at me, you know, but everybody's watching and I'm just gonna throw this out there. Since you said it, I'll go ahead and do it. And he did. And what's crazy, he says, look at verse six. When they'd done this thing, all these fish started just jumping into the net. Just jumping in, man. I mean, can you imagine that? I, I was at, um, I was at, um, I don't know how many times I've been at certain conferences or gatherings of people or even church services. Have you ever been in these services where the pastor does an invitation and then he just stays there and keeps inviting and nobody's coming. But yet he stays there and you're like, man, dude, nobody's coming. And he's like, no, man, I believe somebody here. And then, and then all of a sudden one person gets up and you're like, finally, man, can we be done? And then he says again, no, I know there's somebody else. And I know there's somebody else. And, I, and then next thing you know, man, people, after person, after person, starts to get up. And they just start jumping in, in the arms of Christ. Not the pastor, but the arms of Christ. And it's like this guy knew God was downloading. God was telling him, throw out into the deep. And he could be saying in his mind, in that sermon, you know what, God, I've tried. You know what, but at your word, I'll do it. Have you ever been, because just felt like you needed to just share the Lord with somebody, to just share Christ with somebody. And you recognize that, you know what, um, you just feel like, you know, why even try, man? Because this person, I just know this person so well. This ain't gonna go for it. But God is just kind of, just, just kind of, just, just, just um, pressing in on you, saying, "No, share my word with this person. Talk to this person. Tell them how much I love them." And you're like, "I've known this person for so long, man. They're not gonna." And he's like, "Come on!" And but yet we we choose not to throw the net out. Or maybe there's that time and that you did. I had that experience with my dad, man, years ago. When God was telling me, talk to your dad about me. I'm like, my dad's heard about you, man. My grandmother's the one who led me, who basically got me here, and she's been telling him his whole life. He ain't gonna wanna hear from me. My dad, you know, biker, motorcycle, you know, gang and stuff like that, been through all that. He ain't gonna wanna hear from me. He's like, man, you talk to your dad. And so I said, all right. I remember talking to my dad. And I remember tears coming down this man's eyes. I ain't seen tears like that on that man. When I was talking about Jesus. And I was so glad that I threw the net out. 
when he told me to. I'm just a regular guy. I said, like, Lord, I'm not Peter. He says, I know, you're Ernie. And I says, exactly, let me remind you about that guy. He's like, I don't need my reminding. I know, I was there. And it's crazy, he says that they signaled their partners in the other boat, man. James, John, get over here. And threw your net down. And they said, and they, and they came and filled both their boats that the boats began to sink. And here's what happened, man. Check this out. Here's Peter. Here's you. Here's me. Here's we. Here's what we probably would have done. I got to believe this. When we have seen this, we've never seen anything like this in our life. We didn't know that this guy, you know, is really the son of the living God, God himself, the king of the world, the one whom God spoke through, all right, to create the heavens and the earth. We didn't know any of that. But all of a sudden, we start seeing this stuff, all right, and we start hearing the teaching and we start recognizing maybe this guy is exactly who he's says, and here's what Peter does. He fell down at Jesus's knees. He fell down at Jesus's knees saying, depart from me, man. You got to get away from me because I'm no good. I'm not good. Yeah, I know that people at my work probably think I'm good, but they don't know what's going on inside of you, man. All right. I know my family, man. They want to believe that I'm good. All right. But some of them, I know they know that I'm not that good. I know my spouse is having problems with me. I know my children are looking at me like I'm crazy. I know I'm just not that good, Lord. Get away from me. Not because I want you to get away from me, because you're just going to get dirty because of me. And Jesus is like, man, I do not get dirty, Holmes. <laughs> I make everything clean. For he and all, look at verse 9, all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John. Now they were there. Partners with Simon, I believe his brother Andrew was there. They all became disciples of Christ, apostles of Jesus. And look what, look what Jesus says in verse 10. After Peter says, man, I'm, I'm not that good. I'm not good at all. You need to get away from me. Jesus says, don't, don't be afraid. He looks right at him. After you looked right at Jesus and says, man, I'm, you need to go away because I'm not good. Jesus is like, I didn't come here because you're good. <laughs> That's not why I'm here, man. And he says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. That's what he says, man. He says, don't be afraid. From this point on, you saw them fish. All right, you're going to lead men and women to where you're at right now. To where you're at right now. And when he had brought their boats in, they left everything and they followed him. Praise the Lord. Amen. What does this look like for you and me? What's this look like for the rest of us? Oh, better start going to church every Sunday. You know what I mean? No. That's not what this looks like. Could that be a part of it? Absolutely. Maybe you need to be the church every day. Maybe you need to be the church every day. Everywhere. 
And you're thinking, well, we're just ordinary people. So is Peter. What can we do as ordinary people? Well, when people look at you, point at Jesus. When people are around you, show them Jesus. Show them that not, you not only have been with Jesus, but you're still with Jesus 24-7. That you're still with him. 24-7. That you not only have been with him on Sunday, but he's with you and in you and coming out of you every day. What are you going to do about that? I love what's going on in our church right now. Because right now, so many, we, we, we are not the church, all right? We're not the church um, that is a Sunday-only church, and we know, we know this. All right, when we started the church, man, um, we, wanted, we wanted the church to be more than what the church world expected. Yes, we wanted to have opportunities for men and women and families and community groups and people to grow in Christ and their relationship with Christ. But we also needed to, you know, bridge that gap that we've been talking about. We wanted to, to bridge that gap because we wanted to do more and we knew that more needed to be done. But we also knew that people are skeptical because the church has left a bad taste or a bad smell in the lives of other people. And so we needed to create a place, all right, and opportunities, all right, uh, basically a spot, a footprint of God in the middle of our community that bridged the gap with opportunities not only in the church but outside of the church for people to recognize that they are loved by Christ. And we wanted to create a Jesus culture without demanding a Jesus response. We wanted to seek the well-being of the community for the glory of God. And I love what's been taking place. If you've been to our re-center, if you've been over there and seen what's happening, there's all kinds of opportunities for you to get involved. All kinds of crazy cool things that are happening there. Right, where we have a program called Mamas that is practically bringing mothers from poverty to prosperity. It's pretty awesome. And we're going to be training other women, all right, on how to help these women that have been just kind of just alone and afraid with their kid and walking around figuring out what's going to happen. We got women who have been empowered by Christ and trained by people of Christ to help them figure these things out. We have a really cool, we've been talking about the prisoner reentry program for over a year now. And now we finally have a person, Danielle, all right, Padilla, who's basically, she's, she's overseeing this. She's getting us into the prisons, getting us into the jails. We're starting to talk, we're gonna mentor people here in the church. You, it might be you, to mentor you guys on how to work with people coming out of jail and so they can stay out of jail. We have, you know, these opportunities for people. We've, we've got, our, our re-center is, is, is on the map for the Department of Economic Security, the DES, a state, a state you know, entity. It's on the map there because people can go to our re-center and, and they can be assisted in their DES, you know, uh, things that they're trying to, their struggles that they're having with DES. Or, you know, fill out applications there and just kind of get help. We got a huge commercial kitchen there. 
Right now we've been serving soup, all right, kind of just you know, every afternoon. Or oh, wait, wait, I think we're like every uh, every Tuesday and Thursday from four to five, we're, 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 we're providing soup. But every day, all right, between 10 and two, we got hot coffee, hot tea, hot soup all day for people who need it. Come on in, we're gonna be, we're building a shower in there for homeless people to come in, just get cleaned up, maybe give them some clothes. Where can you be involved? What can you do? Come on, man, are you kidding me? We got a new administrative assistant there. His name is Devin. Dude's awesome. All right, he's always available there, helping you connect with us. We created this new community resource page because we know that we can't do it all. And there's 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 resources throughout the throughout the town and throughout the state. All right, and Devin can help you get connected to those resources to help you recenter your life. He's also there to help you with resume building and filling out job applications. We have a computer lab there. It's pretty awesome. Dude, do you need some potatoes? <laughs> we had 44,000 or 45,000 pounds of potatoes, all right, just dropped off at the recenter, and we gave them all out. Not just the people in need in the community, but also to different organizations, all right, within our community, just helping them out. This Wednesday, we're going to have 44,000 pounds of canned goods coming in all right, that we distributed throughout the county. And on Wednesday, we're going to have 1,300 30-pound boxes of produce coming in that we're going to give out. I love what the Pope Francis said about the church. He says this, and I totally agree with this statement. I'm going to put it up there. Are you ready? He says, I prefer a church that is bruised, hurting, and dirty. Why? Because it's been out on the street. Rather than a church that is unhealthy from being confined and from clinging to its own security. What about you? You see, the pioneers of our faith, they were about all these things. Read through the book of Acts. Read Acts chapter 6. You'll see a lot of this stuff taking place. The pioneers of our faith were right there on the front lines. Where are you at? And you're like, okay, well, what do I do? What do I do about this? I'll tell you right now, you're going to probably take this wrong the first time I say it, but I'll explain it here in a minute. I want you to be somebody. I want you to be someone. And you're like, what? Who? I want you to be you. In Jesus. You. With Jesus. You. Because of Jesus. Get in. Pray through the word of God with the people of God. And maybe just start right here in the book of 1 Peter. Or maybe go through the gospels and just pull out little stories of the life of Peter. So we're going to do over the next couple months. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'd like us to start, and I love the way we're going to start this. Stay with me right here. Stay with me. All right, I want to start this. And I think it's a beautiful way to start. It's the first of the month. Every first uh, Sunday of the month. We, uh, we missed it last Sunday. Apologize for that. We'll try our best not to let that happen again. But this Sunday, we're going to start this new series. We're going to start these new questions. And, you know, hopefully this new life together. The way I believe we should. And Jesus said, the night before he was crucified. He said, when you get together, 
I want you to remember me. I want you to remember me. You're like, how? And he took the bread and he took the wine and he said, I want you to remember that my body was broken for you. I want you to remember that my blood was spilled for you. And he began with the bread and he said, this is my body. He didn't have these cool little packages. He had actual bread, right? Maybe that's what you got right now at the house. I said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Every time you get together, whether it's just a couple of you, whether it's just your family, or where you're in the, the whole scene with the church, remember me. Father, we remember you, Jesus, and for your glory. We're thankful, Lord God, that you've chosen us to be your elect exiles. And we thank you, Lord God, for your body that's been broken. And we remember in Jesus' name. like a carafe of wine and he poured it into the cup and you saw the red wine and he said this is my blood this is my blood that's being spilt for you literally this is me dying for you it's gonna happen he was telling him and now we're on the other side and we know that it happened and he says when you get together take and drink praise and we thank you for Jesus and we remember stay with us the next couple of months won't be a while